Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Best. Today is Saturday, June 3, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Hello, everyone. It is a Saturday, and I am recording, and I do have a mix out this week. Surprise! You guys hear my voice? Yeah, it is, as they say, laos, or in English, horse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, yesterday, uh, let me just tell you why my voice is hoarse, and then I know some of you might be here from Hala Hala Show, because I did promise a uh, scam, the Scammer 101, so I'll talk about that also in a bit. But yesterday, I hosted an event once again for SM CyberZone. Thank you to the team at Enzo Red, uh, the events team behind it, but also to the SM CyberZone teams, you know, Sir Kiel and stuff. They, they've gotten me uh, time and time again. Uh, I did mention before it was for voiceovers before, then li- it became live voiceovers. And then the event in Bataan, this was my second live event hosting where I was actually on the stage. And this was the longest uh, hosting that I've done because before... It was just activations or like openings or whatever. This was actually an event. It was called <clears throat> Mobile Mania 2023. It was pretty cool, man. Um, uh, if you check my Instagram stories right now before, I don't know, before like, like 7 p.m., you should be able to catch just a little bit of what I posted on there. I did uh, shoot some video. I will make a, uh, a reel slash TikTok in a Gen Z fashion about the, the day because I, I feel like I need to up my brand exposure, my hosting services exposure online. But yeah, it, it was really cool. Uh, there, you'll see a video on my IG if you watch it in time about me trying to hype up the crowd. And, uh, you know, a bunch of my event host friends replied to me. He's like, I feel you because, you know, <clears throat> I, 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 it was, it was really great. Like it was a cool event. Like you really, so let me tell you about the event, but let me tell you about why. It was difficult to hype up a small crowd, <laughs> especially a media-related crowd or a brand partner-related crowd. Um, it was it was just a bunch of mobile brands, pretty much. It was like seven cell phone brands, and then a uh, really cool mobile like printer thingy called Cricut C R I C U T, which is like a you can print stickers and whatever, and like it cuts the artwork for you. It's pretty dope. But they had like Oppo, Vivo, Samsung, to name a few, uh, Xiaomi, uh, off the top of my head, and there was a couple more. And they just talked about the innovations in their new mobile la- uh, mobile phone brands, or as they say in the states, mobile mobile phones, mobile phones, mobile phones. It was it was it was cool. Like it was really, I, I saw a lot of cool phones. There's a lot of cool phones, and they're pretty affordable now. I mean, if you go outside of the Apple ecosystem, and and if you stray away. From the flagship Samsung phones. There are a lot of great phones out there, man. I was really particularly impressed with Xiaomi's uh, 200 megapixel camera. Like the guy who presented it, he he showed a photo and then he zoomed in and or he zoomed out of it. And you could just see how clear it was. Uh, there was one, I think it was Vivo, I think. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. Maybe Oppo. They had like a phone that had a color changing like backing. It was nice, man. 
so yeah, that's what happened on the event. But it's a media slash brand partner event. So and the foot traffic in that area is not it's not like if you go to SM Mega Mall, right? Fashion Hall, like where there's hella people there because there's food and shopping, like like fashion shops, fast fashion shops like all around it. Like Din Tai Fung is there. So this one, we were really only catering to the brand partners and media partners that were there. And a lot of the time, and this is not a knock on them because I get it, right? Uh, when you ho- when I host or when other people I know host media or brand uh, partner events, the people who are attending are are just there for work most of the time. Like they're there because they were paid to be there and they're not really there because they're there to get hyped or something. It's not like a birthday party or like a concert, right? Like they're there uh, sometimes against their own will. So when you're trying to hype up a crowd there, you're like, you're trying, I was grasping. I was like, so uh, just a little tip for anyone out there. If you're trying to hype up a crowd that's really not supposed to be there, you look for the one, two, maybe three people or at least Sana or, you know, a, a group of people or a table or whatever it may be that looks like they're having a good time, that they're smiling. And then you single them out. You say, yeah, man, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Uh, but overall, uh, it was great. I had one joke I posted on IG as well. It did not land. And I, I just gave a workshop this weekend to my student jocks, uh, that I, that I trained for a workshop. And they, I told them, yeah, don't ever prepare your jokes. I did not prepare this joke. Uh, so it came off naturally, I think. And the thing is, I think it would have landed somewhere else. All right. But I did have some good like humor injected in other aspects, I would say, as my humble opinion. Uh, but thank you to SM Cyberzone for for having me. And I can't wait because I, I have more projects lined up with them. And I, I think it just goes to show, man, if you do a good job and you are, uh, you know, you PR with the team after. Because I think that a big part of why people get me back is because not only do they think I, I do a good job, but I think they, they find me easy to work with. And I think I, I'm, I'm like the least diva person in the world, I would say. Literally, I don't give a fuck about like tr- how I'm treated. And they treat me really well. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm there early. I don't ask for anything. Like I don't ask for anything. I have no, uh, the, the term that I learned, I think it was like a year or two ago was service right. Uh, what is it? Rider, rider service or a rider, R-I-D-E-R. It's the first time I ever heard of that. So a rider is like a special request in your contract or whatever. Like I think Mariah Carey or some famous singer had like a request like every hotel they stay in, they had to have like a whole jar of M&Ms or whatever. Like I never asked for anything. What do you want for lunch? Yeah, I'll take whatever you guys have. What, what do you want to drink? I'll have a bottle of water. Like I don't ask for anything, man. So I think maybe that's one of the reasons they get me. And that's just a shameless plug if you want to get me. I'm easy to work with. Uh, so that was the hosting. That's why my voice is a little bit hoarse. But let's get into the scam. Uh, before I talk about like Little Mermaid and a couple other things that I already touched upon on Halala uh, Show. So let's talk about the Gcash scam. So if you listen to Halala Show, I kind of gave you... Uh, a little bit of an overview of how it worked. If you only listen to this podcast, let me start from the beginning. So, uh, the last week or so, I've been g- getting these, uh, messages on WhatsApp. I, for whatever reason, I don't know how they have my number. I mean, our numbers are pretty much public information at this point, I would say. I mean, based on the amount of, of spam texts I've been getting throughout the last, what, three years. So I don't know if there was a leak 
in one of the te- in all the telecom you know databases or whatever. So they reach out to you, and if you have WhatsApp, they'll message you on there. And usually, let me actually kind of pull up a sample message for you, just so that you can see, so that you can get a visual picture. So the first message I got from one of these uh, accounts was, "Hi, I'm an HR manager at blank." Like they'll give you a company name. Th- this one is called Dynamic Personal Resources. Are you still looking for a job? I'm guessing they pulled my number off of LinkedIn, even though I don't know if I have my number on LinkedIn. And it says, and then of course I reply, yes, I'm very interested. And they say, yes, we have a job opportunity for you where you can work from home and, and someone will train you in the early stages. Your role will be to, to write positive reviews for, for them on Google Maps and you will get a bonus and a salary, quote unquote salary. You will, uh, um, spoiler, you won't get a salary. And then they'll send you some bullshit photoshopped proof of life kind of thing. So the first one I got, from another scammer was an ID picture. Uh, so it's this, it's a picture of this woman, whoever supposedly was messaging me. And you can tell it's badly edited. So they, they superimposed an ID photo on a fake, like ID badge. You know, the badges that you use when you get into buildings to scan through the, uh, through the turnstile or whatever to get into the elevator. So they sent me that. This most recent one sent me a provisional license and you can see the text here is all like, they use, I don't know, they're so stupid, right? They use like six different fucking fonts for the text. This license to recruit, process, and deploy land-based workers is what it says on here. So after they, quote unquote, convince you that they're legit, and you say, yeah, yeah, let's get into it, they'll say, so here's how it works. Here's the introductory pay bonus 2000 to 8000 pesos billed daily yeah shut the fuck up right age 20 years old to 55 anyway they'll keep giving you all these like you know here's what we are here's where we're legit we're gonna pay you real money so the first thing they'll ask you uh because so this one the one i mentioned is about giving google reviews i've had one message me where they want you to get into you know uh follow instagrammers another one is to subscribe to youtube channels but that's the general gist of it They want you to do these mundane social media tasks in an effort to convince you that they are maybe a social media marketing company. Maybe they're helping these influencers grow. So that's their, that's the modus, right? That's how they get you into it and convince you that they are legit. Now, don't get fooled, but here is how you can actually make money. And of course, I want to say this is not financial advice. If you follow this and you, you're dumb enough to, to put in money when I already told you don't put in any money or if you if you somehow they hack you or whatever I don't think they will because but in case they hack you do not hold me liable but let me tell you how I'm doing it okay do not follow my advice if you're not if you're not willing to put yourself at some sort of risk I guess so they'll send you the introductory task uh so in this case let's talk about the Google review one they'll send you a link and it's a it's a Google link, so it's not one of those sketchier links. But if you feel unsafe, open it in a private browser on your phone. You probably nothing will happen to you, right? Like they can't really get to you. And you open it, and it's it's a link to a Google like location. And then you have to click on the Google review. So you have, probably have to be signed in. You can use a dummy Gmail account if you feel even more unsafe. And then you have to click fi- rate it five stars, and then just screenshot that. And here's the thing. If you click the five stars, you screenshot it, you can take off the five stars. If you feel like guilty for giving a, re- a review to a place you've never been to, then don't. Just click the five stars, screenshot it, take off the five stars. Same thing with, with YouTube or IG. You can subscribe, 
screenshot, unsubscribe. You know, if you feel like it's not legit, like to give subscriptions to people you don't really watch, then don't do it. Then you send the screenshot to them through WhatsApp. And then they'll send something like, congratulations, you've passed the test. And you've been awarded, uh, let's say, 80 pesos, 100 pesos. The highest I've seen is 150, but you'll probably get around 80 to 100. Uh, let me send you, let me, uh, they'll, then they'll ask you, do you have Telegram, the other messaging app? Let me uh, direct you to uh, your receptionist. So they call them receptionists, right? So they'll send you a Telegram link, and it'll take you to a Telegram chat with the quote-unquote receptionist. So the receptionist, let me explain the role of the receptionist. The receptionist is there to confirm once you've completed a task and also to help you out if you were to go into the money, the big money-making task, which is where the scam lies. But you still have to coordinate with the receptionist uh, regardless. If you're going to run this scam, uh, like if you're trying to get money from the scammers, you have to coordinate with the receptionist. So you'll get to a receptionist. They'll give you a code. The code will be, you know, like a bunch of letters and numbers. And I found out that this code is something that they actually keep track of because I got one from another scammer. And once I sent it to their receptionist, uh, they said it was a duplicate, duplicate code. I guess that's, that's their way of, of catching that, hey, we already tried to scan this guy before. But you, if it's your first time, you'll send this code to the receptionist and the receptionist will say, uh, hold on, uh, checking, you know, checking your code. And then they'll ask you for information. Now, here's the key part. All right. All you have to do is give your real Gcash number. If you're feeling ballsy, you can fake your name, you can fake your age, you can fake your location, your occupation. They're just going to ask for those things. Name, occupation, location, age, and bank account slash Gcash number. If they just say bank account, you can still say, uh, I only have Gcash. And then you give your Gcash number. If they ask for your mobile number, you can even give a different mobile number. If you feel, you know, you, you want to avoid more spam texts. But you can't get really hurt. I, at least my thought process was you can't get really hurt by a phone number because they already have your number. So if they wanted to steal your funds, they already had your number in the first place. Like, why would they go through the hassle of this? They need your number because they want to contact you. That's all they can do with it. So you give your GCash and they will deposit you real money. So whether the, you know, the, the test that I mentioned earlier, 80, 100, 150, they will send it to you. And then they'll say, they'll even try to like, you know, make you feel secure. Please let us know when payment has been made. And when it will be made, it's crazy. Like I was like, oh my God, they actually paid me. But that's the hook, line and sinker for them. Once they give you real money, you start, you know, the wheels start turning in your head. Oh, they sent me an ID. Like if you don't really dissect the ID or the certificate of like legitness, if you don't really look at it and you're like, and then you get real money. For some people, I can understand why the wheels in their head would be turning like, oh my God, this is too good to be true. Did I stumble upon a gold mine? Blah, blah, blah. So once they pay you, the, the receptionist will then link you in another Telegram chat, but it's a group. So this is the group that you have to be focused on because in this group, they will give you tasks. So the task will be exactly the same as your sample task. So... They'll link you into a group where every 30 minutes starting at like, I think they usually start at 10 a.m. And every 30 minutes, they'll give you a test to, you know, give five stars, subscribe, whatever. All you have to do is screenshot. Some of them will require you to uh, maybe write the task number or some call them mission, mission number on the screenshot. To do that easily, you screenshot it. And then before you send on Telegram, there's an option to like edit it. And then you just write, literally, it's so ratchet. You can like use your finger 
to write like M1 if it's mission one or T1 if it's task one. Some, some will require that. Just follow the instructions. And then you send it to the receptionist and the receptionist will constantly keep tally of your thing. So some will give you a number like one task completed. Some will give you a monetary number like you've earned 40 pesos so far. So every time you send a screenshot to the receptionist, which happens every 30 minutes, the receptionist will give you the running tally to show you how much money you are currently have made. And they usually pay out at either 100 and or 200 pesos or 100 whatever, 160 pesos or maybe every six tasks, they will pay you out depending on what they give you like as their base rate. But during, so I mentioned that group chat, right? I hope you guys are still keeping in track with me. In that group chat, Every 30 minutes, the tasks come out, but maybe every hour or so, there's something like a bigger task. They usually call it a group task or uh, they call it like a big, it's a different name and they won't send you a link to any Google thing or any YouTube. They'll show you a bunch of numbers and the numbers there show like, it's like an input task. Let me actually pull it up just so I can give you the exact wording here. It says group missions, uh, group projects. And let me read it to you just so you understand. It says, the merchant verifies that the deposit has been paid. Merchant notification. According to market demand, we are recruiting different IPs to assist in cryptocurrency speculation. Prepaid fees are required. Boom. That's the thing, right? That's where they get you. Safety is guaranteed. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. And then they'll give you like, for example, 800 pesos, cash back 1,000 pesos. The highest, I'll just keep going. I won't go down the whole list, but basically it goes up to uh, 207,000 cash back 270,000. So what they're saying is you put in 207,000, you can make an extra 63,000. So once they've already hooked you and saying like, wow, this company actually gives me money for free. Why would they not? Why would they scam me? You know? <laughs> So that's how they get you. And that, my friends, everyone listening, I want you to listen very carefully. Listen to the sound of my voice. Do not ever send them money. Don't worry. They won't kick you out of it yet. All you have to do is ignore it. So you wait maybe like another 30 minutes or an hour until they repost those simple screenshot tasks and you just continue as as normal. Just keep sending it. The receptionist will not press you to join those until maybe later on. So you do that for maybe two or three days. And by the time you've reached day three and you've been following the, you know, if you haven't missed any of the screenshot tasks. So set an alarm every 30 minutes if you really want to, because I've missed a few because my mind slips or I'm busy doing something. But if you, if you can maximize it because you've, you've hit every single screenshot task, you could probably make a thousand pesos over the course of three days. I know it's not a lot, but it's, it's a, you're scamming the scammers, which feels good. And B, if you got nothing going on, you know, it's, it's a thousand pesos goes a long way, man. That's a, that's a movie and popcorn for two, right? And so just set an alarm, do those screenshot tasks. And by day three, by the time at day three, they're going to, the, the, the receptionist or whoever the scammer networks are, they're going to start like saying, okay, this person hasn't joined any group tasks. We need to incentivize them to make them feel like they have to join. So this, my friends, is where, you know, your journey ends and it's fine. You, you had a good run because they will start saying shit like, if you do not finish 14 missions in a row today, including the group missions, uh, you will be released or you will be, some say you are fired. <laughs> I, I got fired three times this week already. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so just go for as long as you can. And that, my friends, is the Gcash scam. 
Uh, unfortunately, on Reddit, I I, I discovered, I mean, I I already knew it was a scam, but I wanted to see how it really kind of worked. And on Reddit, there are a lot of people on the Philippines subreddit. I forgot if it was PH Invest or just uh, Reddit Philippines. A lot of people lost money, man. And I feel for them. And, you know, at, at this point, you know, I was talking, you know, I was sharing this scam with some of the, I'm not sharing the scam, but I was sharing what I was doing to these scammers to, to some people that I was working with on a shoot this past Monday, which I'll talk about in a bit. Um, but they were, uh, one guy said like, you know, the Philippines is known for being very scam, a scam heavy place because, uh, though that even some people who know it's a scam will still continue doing it because on that off chance of what if, what if it really is true? And they, we, we were talking about, you know, maybe because Filipinos love to gamble or maybe we just love a quick get rich scheme. It's never going to happen. All right. Uh, so, but it happened to some people and I, I just, I feel for them, man, because, you know, I was reading stories like literal, literal horror stories. Someone posted like they lost. 400,000 pesos. That's 8,000 US dollars, give or take. That's crazy. I mean, if you have that much money to invest going in, I, at least it, I would like to think it's not irre- irreplaceable. Like you could probably earn it back, but it's not easy and it hurts. It hurts, man. It hurts your ego. It hurts your wallet. Uh, it makes you feel stupid. I would, I would feel so stupid if I lost that much money because I didn't do my due diligence. I, 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 I put my money into literally uh, a, a WhatsApp number that contacted me out of nowhere. You know, of course, you're going to feel like hurt and dumb at the, all at once. Not that, you know, not that I'm calling them dumb, but you will feel dumb, right? You'll feel dumb. So I, 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 I just kind of, a, I, I just want to get like, get back at the scammers in a sense. Uh, but honestly, I'm doing it for myself. I'm not like, I'm not like here to fight for the, the scammed. But, you know, if you're, if they're gonna scam you, man, fuck those guys and just get what you can out of them. If you, if you're ballsy enough, all right? Once again, not financial advice. I don't want any one of you fuckers messaging me and saying, JC, I lost this money or whatever. Just don't send out any money. I think you'll be fine. Not financial advice. Okay. So speaking of the shoot on Monday and Tuesday, I actually had a shoot for uh, a real estate company. I don't think I could say the brand yet until the outputs come out. But it's they were shooting and guess what it was in real Gen Z fashion. We're not shooting videos for a TV commercial or a YouTube channel. We are shooting for TikTok, baby. So the, everything was shot vertical. All the the kind of things that I did. So, so you know me, I when I do go on cam, usually it's to, you know, for spiels, for hosting spiels. Throughout the two days, friends, I had two spiels on cam. Uh, there's a bunch of VOs, but you know, that's normal. But on cam speech, I had, I, I was so surprised because on day one, I was looking through the script and I was so nervous that I had to, you know, memorize a bunch of lines. I had just maybe, I had a 30 minute window of like work, work, quote unquote work, where I actually had to memorize some lines and read it to the camera. I did that once on day one and once on day two. The other things was just me like acting out like scenes, like going through the, the house or the, the, the model unit, going around the amenities and looking around. You know, they did like time lapse videos of me walking around the property. It was literally the easiest shoot, like probably the easiest shoot that I've ever done. Uh, but in, in, you know, just to go with the TikTok element, I had to lip sync something. It was like, ooh, 
girl, this is all you right here. Like it was like a, you know, that, you know, that it was like a, a TikTok video that went viral and they were lip syncing. Like, I'm guessing a black woman. Is that racist? She sounded like a black woman. Right. Ooh, child. Ma, this is all you right here. This is nice. Like, I obviously I'm not doing it justice. It sounded like the white chicks guys, the guys from white chicks. Right. It, it, <laughs> you want to talk about mothers. Um, so I did a lip sync video. I, I, to my chagrin, I had to do a TikTok dance, which was not listed. Like I only found out on day two that like, yeah, you got to do a TikTok dance. It was not listed in the job description. Had they, you know, cause I found this job on Facebook and the requirements were like good handle on English and Tagalog, which I was ballsy enough to apply for already. They gave me like a screen age that, you know, basically I fit the peg. But if the peg said must know how to dance or can dance, I wouldn't have applied. Like literally, I told him that like, dude, you guys know I can't dance, right? <laughs> But they're like, no, just go for it. It was one of those easy dances too. It's the Kendrick Lamar, the Money Trees dance, the where you no way, like you just shake your finger. But you have to do like a body rock. And guys, if you see me do a body rock, you know how your shoulders kind of have to move and the rest of your body doesn't. My body can't do that. My body is an independent, has a mind of its own. I cannot move my body parts individually. It all comes together, man. So masama lahate. I, I can't, I can't. I tried my best. So that was the, that was the shoot for the real estate company. The output should be out, I think, uh, middle of this month. So if you're scrolling through TikTok and you see me, you know, dancing fucking Kendrick Lamar or lip syncing a black woman, then, uh, you know that I've made it, man. <laughs> but it was really such an easy shoot. Like the, the, the director, see, uh, Sir Jai, uh, uh, hit me up if you need a videographer because he works fucking fast. I've never worked, I, I, and I swear on this, maybe because it's just for TikTok or maybe because they don't really need any sort of, you know, clean audio for most parts. But dude, him and his, his, uh, his co, co, you know, his other, uh, cameraman on both days, he had two different cameramen on day one and day two, but that, that man works fucking fast. I've never worked with anyone faster in terms of like he he gets one shot and then he'll do a safety shot. And usually most camera people will do like four or five, six. He does like two. And he's like, yeah, that's good. And I saw the output that he did before because I'm not the first kind of host that they got for this. Uh, so I checked out the old videos. His vi- those videos are fucking nice. And he did those too. So the man knows how to do his shit. All right. Uh, yeah. And what, what was I? Where's my train of thought going here? Oh. Yeah, they, during the shoot, like the, the producer was there, uh, shout out to Dens, by the way. They were both saying, like, Oh my God, we're done, like at 4 p.m., 5 p.m. And they, they, like, you know, and they did way more work than I did. Like, I was in the car most, of, I was in the van chilling most of the time because they had a lot of shots where I wasn't even included. But they were done and like, Oh my God, that was such a long shoot. And in my mind, I was like, Yo, that was fucking so easy because when I worked, uh, let me just share a quick story about, uh, so I used to host a TV program called TFC Connect. So any, uh, any OFWs who listen to this podcast, if you watch TFC, maybe 2016 to like 2018, I was on a, one of those 15 minute interstitials in between your favorite teleserie where I would go on screen. I'm like, Hey, Capamilia, what's up? Welcome to TFC Connect. So I was on TFC Connect and the, the, the peg of that program 
was so I was the host. I was kind of the conduit between the OFW and their families back at home. So the show go uh, TFC Connect was a show where we would visit a OFW who is also uh, obviously a TFC subscriber and we would visit their family who was in the Philippines. So we would travel sometimes really far north or really far, you know, outside of Metro Manila, but a lot of times it was in Metro Manila. And, you know, I, I, because these are OFWs, usually they, they go there to find a better life. So their, their families, usually the ones that we went to, A, because it's, it's like a big, you know, it, you know, like an American Idol, everybody loves a good story or any, any real reality competition. They love the sob story stuff. And I mean, that's what sells. That's what makes people, you know, tugs at people's heartstrings. So a lot of the families that we would visit, the families of the OFWs, were in, um, like not so great areas. They were in slums. They were in, you know, like projects. I don't know what you call those. Uh, in, in the States, they call them projects, right? But a lot of them, you know, you know, they were in not so great areas, right? Uh, lower class areas, I would say. So when we go there to shoot, at, because AF, uh, TFC, uh, which is also affiliated with uh, ABS-CBN at the time, right? Before, you know, they shut down and everything. Um, they They want you to have clean audio and video. And it is so fucking difficult to get clean audio because in those areas there's motorcycles, tricycles passing by, there's fucking chickens in the background, like there's random chickens running around. It's not even a farm, bro. There's fucking chickens just in the background. You got kids running and and then you know when when people over there, you know the the surrounding, you know, like the neighbors of the family are there and they see a camera crew, they see me who at the time was pretty relatively fit. You know, they're thinking like Oh, look at this guy. Is he an artista? Is he an actor? What's going on? So they'll come in. They'll start asking questions. They'll interrupt the shoot. And it just, it happens like throughout the day where each shoot and, and you can probably, I can give you a baseline, but there's no shoot that I ever did for TFC that lasted shorter than 12 hours, right? 12 hours. That's the shortest. But we would go, I think, 16, 17, 18 hours every time. we. My call time would be at 5 a.m. And I remember one time, I was still working radio too. My call time was at 5 a.m. I came from work, right? Or no, my call time was at 7 a.m. or something like that. I came from work. I got off at 6. I went straight to ABS. I got, we got done with the shoot at 1 a.m. So do the math on that. 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. was at 12 plus 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. One, eight, that's, uh, 12 plus six, 18 hours. And then I had to go back on board at 2 a.m. I literally did not sleep that whole day because I got done at one. I didn't have time to sleep. I slept in the, the, the van ride, but I still had to grab because the drop off point was at ABS. So we got to ABS or whatever. And then I had to take the grab to RX. I think I was late too, a little bit, maybe like 10 or 20 minutes because I'm never really late for shit. And that was so exa- I fell asleep on air that day. I remember that specifically because some visitors, some, some, uh, you know, some of my, uh, listeners slash fans visited me on that day. And I, even though they were there talking to me, dude, I was falling asleep. I remember that very vividly. Core memory. Uh, so I was so happy with how the real estate shoot went because I was like, dude, I didn't do anything. 
I had no, I didn't have to do any like retakes with audio pretty much just if I messed up a line, but there were no, there wasn't any, anything distracting from the fucking shoot. Uh, but it makes me, you know, it made me really appreciate the, the days of doing TFC. You know, when I even just talking about it right now, dude, uh, it was really, really tiring, but the crew was so cool, man. That's why I was really hurt when ABS, uh, like the shutdown, the ABS shutdown, because, you know, I made friends with the crew members because usually every shoot, they would have the same uh, director of photography or whatever, the director. No, not, not yeah, I guess you would call him the director. Hey, his name is Sir Ed, right? Cool guy, man. Long hair, looked like a rocker. He would always be the same guy. But then they'd rotate the audio men, the the lighting guys, the assistants, the ones holding like the, the they, they use a styrofoam for a reflector, right? But those who hold the reflector, the boom mic or whatever, but the, you know, there was like Janelle, Kizmo, Sino Papa, like, uh, Sir, I uh, like, Sir Herb, I think was there. Not Sir Herb, but Her, Her, Herbert was there. Uh, there was a bunch of them. And of course, there was the, and that, and then you had to include the producers, you know, Jazer, see Maricon, uh, Honeyleth, uh, Ken, to name a few. Uh, and Kenneth there. I met Kenneth there as well. So all these people, like, we were a whole team and, you know, you're there in the trenches. I hate to say that because we're not at war, right? But we're in the trenches for 12, 13, 14, up to like 20 hours sometimes. And there's like the only way we keep saying is like we're just chilling in between takes. We're talking. We're having fun. And I did that for like two years or so. Like, and we would shoot episodes, you know, every two or three weeks. And it was really cool. It really felt like being part of a tv production and it was a you know it's a 15 minute 10 minute show imagine that a 10 minute show taking that long to shoot so imagine like a 30 minute teleserie uh you know they're there for they're there for days bro to shoot like just a few episodes but you really develop a connection with the crew and that's why when you see all these things like even with eat bulaga right you, you saw how when the host resigned like the rest of the crew resigned uh and it shows a, what do you call it, like a unity, fucking unity. What, what's the good word? Yeah, I guess camaraderie, unity that you have with your, in a sense, your crewmates and castmates. Dude, I remember being so sad, not just when ABS closed, but when TFC ended, we ended the show and I did the finale. I remember doing the finale. Uh, and it was sad, man. I took them out to pizza. Like, you know, after, you know, at my expense, uh, and I'm not saying, oh, uh, I'm complaining, but I really asked, like, I had to take, I had to do something, you know, nice for these guys. And what do you do for your employees or for employees here in the Philippines? A pizza party. You don't give them a raise. <laughs> you do a pizza party. So I was like, yeah, maybe they'll like a pizza party. And it was a good time, man. And I haven't seen them since. I mean, I'm still connected with a few of them on Facebook and on Instagram, but that was one of the best, like, forays into the industry of my whole life because i just had started in hosting man like i just got into rx i uh so i didn't know shit and i learned so much about you know perseverance or i i i, I don't want you guys to feel like i i'm like i really made it through the fire or whatever but man it was really an eye-opening look at what it's like to work in the film and TV industry and how much work is put in and how many people are behind a production. It was, it was fantastic, man. Like it was, it was, it was a time that I'll never forget. 
you know, if I could go back and do it again, I probably would not right now because I'm tired. But I would I would love to, like, just see those guys again, you know, and maybe do something short, you know, something a smaller on a smaller scale. But it was it was great. Unfortunately, I don't know if I can even I know you can find some episodes on YouTube, maybe just search TFC Connect and maybe my name. You can see what what the outputs were like. But yeah. Man, I'm reminiscing on this fucking podcast. And I haven't even talked about Little Mermaid. Let's end with Little Mermaid real quick, okay? So Little Mermaid, let me, uh, since you made it this far, all right? Um, let, let's do it. A, let's make it a spoiler, Little Mermaid. So if you made it this far, you don't want to be spoiled about Little Mermaid. You can end the podcast now. Thank you for listening. But if you, if you've watched it or you don't care about spoilers, uh, let's, let's talk about Little Mermaid. So Little Mermaid, and I said it on Hala Hala Show, is probably top three Disney live action, but, of course, the live action movies have all been pretty ass, right? Most, I would say most of them, especially the ones that were taken from the classic Disney musical cartoons that we loved, right? So we're, we're talking Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, um, Mulan, Lion King, you know, just, uh, just to name those off the top of my head. I, Cause, you know, Maleficent is cool. But it's a different take. And that's why I really liked it. Like Maleficent, Cruella, but it's a different take, right? We're talking about Cruella. Uh, we're not, we're not talking about the 101 Dalmatians. So we're, I'm talking about the, the, I wouldn't say carbon copy paste to live action. So cartoon to live, but it, for, uh, let's just focus on the ones that, you know, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. So it's up there. Like I put it below Aladdin. I think Aladdin's the best one out of those live action musical ones. Aladdin still it reigns supreme because of, simply because of I think Will Smith played a fantastic genie because he did not try to emulate Robin Williams. Because if he tried to be Robin Williams, that movie would have fucking failed. I'm a hundred percent sure of it. So in Little Mermaid, they 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 tried to do uh, things a little bit differently in some parts but most of the time they stuck with a almost shot for shot remake of the cartoon and that's where i feel like where all these live actions fail is that they try too hard to get too close to the source material that you start comparing it way too much to the original that you cannot take anything out of it other than was it better than the original right I, I mean does that make sense am i making sense to you guys so just to go back to aladdin when i saw genie will smith's genie appear and he was doing something completely different not completely different like he had some similar jokes and of course the songs were the same like da -na, da -da -na. like of course that song's the same but everything else was completely different he wasn't blue for the most part like he was blue in some parts but he was but the way because of that, the whole movie I was like, okay, I'm not expecting anything now. I'm I'm here to see a brand new thing. But with everything that in Little Mermaid and all the other kind, like Beauty and the Beast, like you, there's nothing really new. So now you're comparing all throughout the movie. So Ariel, as great as Halle Bailey was, I was just like, was she better than Jodie Benson in this scene? And you know. With the cartoon, you can't really see Jodie Benson's like facial reactions or whatever. It's because it's animated. But in the voice, all I could, all I could say after part of your world was, wow, Halle Bailey can really sing, but she didn't have as much emotion as Jodie Benson in the song. That's all I could think about. Right. And then under the sea, if they were going to do under the sea, they, in this case, 
they did go a kind of a different direction because they made Ariel sing instead of the rest of the sea creatures because there were no fucking sea creatures until the second half of the song. It was so weird. Right? Anyone who's watched it, can you, can you guys vouch for me on this or at least message me to let me know I'm not crazy? Half of Under the Sea was just Ariel and Sebastian swimming in pretty much empty water. Right? Only at the end do they have like the jellyfish and the rest of the colorful creatures appear. But the, the, the ocean felt so empty, man. Right? So if they were gonna go with a shot for shot similar whatever, Under the Sea would have been the banger song to do that. I think. But the other scenes in between the songs, they added some new scenes, which added some new life to it. Like, there's one scene in the market, right, where the prince and Ariel are going through the market and they're, like, shopping and shit. That's not in the original. And it added depth to Prince Eric and it added depth to their relationship, right? Uh, and it, it was cool. I actually enjoyed that because I did not know what to expect. That's why I think I really like the Scuttlebutt song, even though people hated it, because A, Aquafina is a different, I mean, oh shit, this is my phone, my bad. It's a different scuttle, like A, they changed the gender, but also scuttle in the first one was like, uh, the personality is different. In this one, it's Aquafina. What? Like, it's annoying Aquafina, but funny annoying. If you're into Aquafina, I, I like Aquafina. I don't give a shit. Like, I, 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 I generally like Aquafina in, in most things, except for Ocean's 8. I fucking cannot stand her in that movie. But, you know, Raya and the Last Dragon, she was so funny and crazy rich Asian. Like, and she was great in the farewell for a dramatic turn. It was like, Aquafina to me is, I'm whatever with her, right? So I liked her, I liked her portrayal of Scuttle, right? Because it was different, right? And I liked Prince Eric because they gave him lines this time. In the cartoon, he barely said anything, right? I will say, and I did say it on uh, Hala Hala, is Kiss the Girl was well, well done. Really, really well done. Uh, it was differently done as well in terms of the singers. It's not a whole bunch of forest creatures and shit and frogs, thank God, singing. It was just the three friends. So Scuttle, Flounder, creepy-looking motherfucking Flounder, and creepy-looking motherfucking Sebastian, right? And can we please, Disney, I urge you, please, Disney, stop making realistic-looking animals, man. You're, you're basing it, you're, you're, it's gross. It looks dumb. Simba did not smile one time in Lion King live action. It was, it's just so dumb. Like, make it cartoony-ish. Make it like, I don't know, man. It, because maybe they're trying to avoid going down like, oh, this is different. We want to be different from our Pixar productions or whatever. But I guarantee you, man, the same thing happened with Michael Bay and the fucking Ninja Turtles, right? Like, he made the Ninja Turtles look fucking gross. Because he wanted them to look more like turtle. Oh my god! Like why, man? Just the, you, you guys seen the, the the '90s Ninja Turtles? Like when they wore costumes, it wasn't CGI. Even though they look cartoony and goofy, when they were around human characters, it didn't feel weird. I don't know. At least to me, it was like, oh yeah, they're in this. They're in. They're in the human world, right? But it looked cool. Like I, I mean, me being a fan of the Ninja Turtles, I guess, but. Even in the 90s, people love that shit. So you don't have to go super ultra realistic, man. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, Little Mermaid, uh, the, there's one fucking scene at the end. And I think King Triton, like, was so, I don't, I feel like Javier Bardem was, wasn't even in the same room as any of these actors because it just felt like he was so disconnected from everyone. But the one scene, there's two scenes that I really stick out in my mind that I remember as being like, what the fuck? 
The first one is Ariel singing the reprise or reprise. Is it reprise? Reprise of part of your world. She's on the rock, right? And she's creepily crawling over a rock like the fucking Sadako from the ring or like the grudge, right? Creeping over the rock, looking at Prince Eric, pretty much stalking him, right? That was a choice of, of direction and singing, you know, part of your world. And you know, at the end of that thing in the cartoon, she goes on the rock. She does that little, you know, what's that yoga pose, right? Where her chest is out and her feet are down, or I guess her fins are down in this case. And a giant wave explodes up above her. And it was so cool in the cartoon. And in this one, when she does it, they throw like, a little bit of water over her. It, it was that, that, and they went, I guess maybe because they're like, ah, oh, the sea doesn't really explode with a wave like that. But come on, man. Give me the fucking wave. Come on. Cause th- that, for me, that was Jody, or not Jody, see? Yeah. That was, uh, Halle Bailey's best, like, emotional vocal performance. You know, better than the first part of your world. It's like the second part of part of your world. It was really well done with the singing. And they, they, they ruined it by having that stupid shot, man. Come on. And the last thing they were, I, and I was, I watched with Marissa and Paeng, right? Paeng and I visit, like literally audibly laughed out loud at this. At the end, when Prince Eric and Ariel are sailing off in their boat, cause you know, they, they're, she, she's, she's got her feet, whatever. She's got her voice back. They defeated Ursula and they're, they're going to their boat to travel the world or whatever. And then, you know, at the end of the cartoon, King Triton comes out and a bunch of mermaids come out to, you know, expose themselves to the humans. Like, hey, we're friends now, land and sea, unite. And I think he even came out with like some dolphins on a chariot, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, he came out in a cool fashion. Dude, in this one, Ariel just, Ariel and Eric, they're like looking at each other. And then she looks sadly towards like the water. And then the fucking King Triton is just out of the water. He doesn't come out slowly. He doesn't make a grand entrance. He's out of the water. Half of his body's like dripping with water already. And he's just looking at them. It was so fucking awkward. It was such, and I posted it on the Reddit movie discussion thread. I never really post comments in movie discussions, but I posted that. And I have like 300 upvotes. I have like 20 comments of people saying the same thing. That shit was fucking hilarious because it was so weird. It was creepy. It was, it, it looked so like, it was, it was so stupid. If you watch it, watch out for it. If you, if you like spoilers, but you haven't watched the movie and you listen this far, wait till the end and you'll, you'll be like, Oh, I know exactly what scene JC was talking about. But overall though, I know I, it sounds like I'm shitting on it. It was still, you know, you'll, you, you'll, if you like the songs, you'll like the movie, man. Like to some extent, like, it's for kids too. Remember, you have to always put yourself in the position of it's not for you anymore, really. It's for the 10, 12 year old kids that, that, you know, will become the future of, you know, the future Disney cat, the, the, the capitalist pigs that Disney are will prey on for the next 30 years, right? That, that's the target for Disney. Just like Pinocchio, everyone fucking hated Pinocchio. I watched Pinocchio and when I put myself in the perspective of I was a kid, that movie was all right, man. I know. Wow, unpopular opinion. Wow, this might be the longest podcast that I've ever done. So I'm going to end it right here. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'm going to go hit the gym. Uh, I got invited to a coffee place uh, for breakfast this morning as well. So I will let you guys know about that uh, probably on Halo Halo and the next podcast. Till then, follow me on my uh, social media. You can message me on Tevez of the Best on IG. And I'll catch you all saying with me later. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.